Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 421 on Tuesday, the 24th of August, 2021. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And in another slow news week, thanks to Europe's summer shutdown, we'll not be dressing up and prancing around a stage. We'll find out who has finally admitted to their problem. And we learn that age is merely a number for some. Should we do a quick, quick apology? Because this is a podcast and I'm not in my usual setup. So if I sound a bit weird... It's because I'm using different stuff. It's not Andrew's fault. I'm really sorry. It's just this week. <laughs> Please don't, don't, you know, write to your congressman, not us. <laughs> yeah. It's just a bleach. We've got to get it out of the way and then people can't whinge about it. Okay. Sorry. Can't uh, give us a feedback that is so valuable about this. It's something <laughs> podcast listeners do. <laughs> right. I'll take us into new news. And it is just a quick roundup on the semiconductor crisis because there's been a few updates in the last couple of weeks. So I thought it mm-hmm. was due a quick update for everybody. Basically, everyone's still affected. Uh, of note recently is Jaguar Land Rover are warning leasing companies that they are struggling. On top of that, Mercedes-Benz reckons... Sorry, do do you want to clarify that? They're struggling to actually be able to build cars, not any other of the other reasons why JLR may... Well, yes, it's it's the chip crisis, Mm -hmm. so yes, I'm sorry. As a result of the chip, I just thought that was worth... No, no, that's a fair point. That is a fair point in case people decide to take me out of context. I can normally do that to myself. I don't need any help. (laughs) Mercedes-Benz has said that they are going to have uh, real struggles moving on. They anticipate at least. Really, the big one out of all this for me was that Toyota um, say that they are going to uh, cut production by 40% in September. Um, So even though they are better placed than nearly all other companies because they run at least one chip factory in japan even though that had had a fire and but is now i think it should be at full strength now um, Mm -hmm. from the repair work that they were doing if if the time scales were kept it's still impacting them so they'll cut back although they did just announce a 5.2 billion dollar profit didn't they the last quarter some ridiculous number like that yes yeah it's a lot of yaris yes (laughs) <laughs> and the other one of note is that Volvo are going to idle Gothenburg factory again. Right, so we thought we'd, we'd do that update. But Alan, take us to some actually good news, I think. Well, it is good news because finally people will be able to see the Vauxhall Heritage and Historic Collection. Now, some of them were, some of the wider collection were put up for auction recently. But the 50 remaining vehicles charting the last 118 years of Vauxhall are going to be moved to the British Motor Museum at Gaydon in Warwickshire and they're going to be on display there along with lots of other uh, significant British vehicles. Uh, The collection includes uh, 1904 six horsepower, Vauxhall Viva GT and uh, lots of stuff in between really mm. uh, lots and lots this could almost have been a list of the week uh, there's a <laughs> lot of british no there's a lot of british um british stuff there uh stuff like the vx lightning concept just all sorts of things and it's great because it's going to be on on public display which it it hasn't been before yep 
No, that's that's good to see. It is actually a, a really good thing, and it's good for all the folk who in Luton have, have kept an eye on these uh, for years and years and years. Yeah, because you would occasionally see a publication or magazine would get a trip down there, and when you <laughs> when you saw the stuff they got hold of and the condition it was in, they've done a absolutely fantastic job on in maintaining these things in in perfect working order and showing us, you know, the history. It's it's important. If if you're into motorcars, it's important history that they have they have kept going and curated. And of course, this ties in with last week's list of the week of great uh, motor museums that we should try and try and visit now the world is opening up again. Yeah, absolutely. Good place to see some of the more obscure sixties, so seventies Vauxhalls uh, that are in the collection is uh, Hubnut in Seabrook's channel. Uh, he's driven a few of them mm-hmm. around Luton. Worth that, as well as the fancier ones, and of course non-hubnutty publications <laughs> yes right i am going to take us to an article from the register and it is that blackberry has finally admitted finally admitted that the software system qnx that it has in cars and industrial equipment and medical equipment does in fact have a horrifically bad bug which has been allocated a severity score of 9.0 in its software. Oh, sorry, as a former BlackBerry user, that doesn't surprise me at all. They're horrible things. Yeah, if we remember quite a few of the uh, sort of more accidental problems with software have mm-hmm. been from this company in the past. Yes. And I note... Not that I'm going to link to it in the uh, in the show notes, but I note that last week or the week before they were trumpeting about how they're going to work with a fintech company to have automated payments from your car, and I just thought before this article came out, I just thought, well, no, I can't think of any problems with that <laughs> combining automated payments controlled by AI and machine learning. <laughs> And link, linking it to your credit card? No. Well, given given the joy, given the joy I had with my Pass Liberté telepayage badge on the way down here, I'm all in favour of taking yet another. I think I'm all in favour of taking yet another layer out of it and actually having it just work from the car. Although I don't know which would actually make it worse in that case. Yeah. If you really want to know the ins and outs and the technical detail of what the problem is with this bug, you can click the register article, which is in the show notes as ever. I notice it doesn't mention what manufacturers use use QNX as the back end of stuff there. I think Ford is involved with that. Well, they, s- they say there's 194 million things it's in. But right. I don't know whether that's Good. just cars or whether that's across the medical and the industrial things it's in as well, or whether that is 194 million cars. Now, do you know what? I'd really rather not know. <laughs> yes. Blackberry didn't want to tell anyone for a while because it would be difficult yeah. to get older people and tell them there is a problem. You need to update. Mm-hmm. But the, anyway, but, should we move on? But, no, no, this? no. But I, I do need to say this just to be to sort of be slightly balanced. There are no reports of this vulnerability being accessed by naughty people and naughty things done yet. Okay, that's good though. Yes, there, there, there is a, a little ray of sunshine at the very end. Absolutely. Come on, you can give us some more good news. There is actually more good news. It's about a Bloodhound LSR, so the Landspeed Record project that's been mothballed for about the last 18 months or so. Yeah, well, basically, like not quite 
not quite 18 months because it was all on track and then of course the joys of covid struck uh, and it kind of put a massive kibosh uh, on their ability to continue running in south africa and to move on to the next stage following all the testing they did about two years ago which was fantastically successful mm. right at the minute the bloodhound lsr car is temporarily and they're very very clear about it not being it not being permanent is temporarily on display at Coventry Transport Museum. It's a good place to store it. It's a good place to display it and to keep reminding people that it exists. As well as that, it goes along with the rest of the land speed record, um, British land speed record uh, display that there is there, which is which is really excellent. Mm. Uh, the second thing is that all the other is that there's the contract to continue using the engines that are needed for it both to take it up to to take it up to speed and and everything else has been extended okay it's extended it's renewed the project is still live in the meantime everything is still safely in storage so that they can focus on building up the funds to move on to that next stage which is going back to south africa back to the the sort of uh, dried out lake bed there isn't it Mm. and running and and breaking the record yeah They've also got a new CEO, haven't they, in Stuart Edmondson? Well, that's it. That's the last thing. Exactly. Stuart Edmondson, who was the engineering operations manager for five years, uh, has stepped up. And that means that the chap who was running it, who had essentially bought, not bought it, but continued to fund Bloodhound over the last little while, is able to take a little bit more of a back seat. Uh, he never in, he says in his this letter in this release on the Bloodhound website that he wasn't really meant to be in the CEO position ever really. It was just to get it going and then to pass on the reins. Yep. And that's what he's now able to do. Good news. It's all still live. There is still stuff happening behind the scenes, even though there's not been much news. But it's all it's all good news. Yep. And good luck to them on the uh, chasing up fresh funding. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is great. Well, there's a good point there about how Messrs. Bezos and Branson, you know, isn't it great that they've now got to space? Perhaps they could do something more meaningful. That's not, I'm paraphrasing quite significantly there, by the way. <laughs> but, um, but yes, I think their money could be better spent on this kind of stuff. And of course, the surrounding STEM education project, which goes along with Bloodhound. Yep. Because that stuff is important. Yes. Otherwise, you don't have the next generation of engineers to take the next generation of, bi- of billionaires to the somewhere near space. Yes. And show off about it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, not a lot, as we as we warned, not a huge amount of news this week uh, that doesn't involve people dressed in morph suits dancing around on stages. So that means that this is Guilt Minute, a quick break in the show where we ask for a tad of financial support to get the lights on the hosting running. If you do feel that the motoring podcast is worth a small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. Different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live. We also have a small range of merchandise available from our website Spring Store. There's stickers, there's mugs, there's t-shirts, all sorts of bits and pieces like that. But we also understand if you don't have any spare cash. In that situation, you can still support us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released and by liking and rating the show in whatever way your podcast supplier lets you. If you've done all of that, and some of you do, so thank you so very much. And thank you, by the way, for all the new listeners that we've had recently. It's been mm-hmm. a, a significant 
surge of, of listeners and that's great thank you so much yep. then the last thing you can do of course is to recommend us to your friends or colleagues right i'm going to take us to new new car news and i'm going to start off with the nissan z the 400 brake horsepower apparently the gr super rival that is being called brutish bold and bridging the gap between the new and old in this evo uh, article oh, how painfully rhyming yes and it's supposed to be continuing on the z sports coupe brand name etc etc <laughs> you sound so thrilled I'm, by it I'm, this I is totally to not your I'm, kind of car well, no I, I i like the idea on paper but i am completely underwhelmed by what we have been presented with not that we in europe are going to be presented with it anyway but it is uh, it's interesting enough that we are going to discuss it and it is actually a shame that it can't come to europe but also it highlights how much tighter Europe is when it comes to emissions. And I think stuff. it's how much tighter we are across an entire fleet. I think mm. uh, so depends on the rest of the manufacturer's fleet, whether or not they yep. can bring something like this. So hence, you know, some brands can bring interesting sports cars and other brands can't. Yep. Nissan in this at the minute is, is a can't, which is a huge shame because I think it's, it's a good looking car. I think it, it carries on the, the Z cars or the Fair Lady line, if you're in, uh, if, if you like your, your things with a JDM name, uh, and I think it's kind of cool looking. Um, if you wonder why it says Super, well, like Super again, it's 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 now a two seater with a twin turbo V6, lots of very similar things. But I think there's a there's a fair number of people who quite successfully argue this is a much better looking car than the Super. Super has its own charm and its own look, but it's not conventionally pretty whereas this mm -hmm. actually is is bordering on that and a lot more nods to the past uh, in this rather than being yes. an all new sort of clean sheet styling setup yeah yeah very cool so it's about 400 did you mention nope power and no no i, I think no. i mentioned okay. it's 400 all right 400 so it's 400 400 brake 350 pound for the torque and that comes in right up at the top of the range the rev range at 5600 revs it's, it's quite a bit more powerful than EU spec supers. Mm -hmm. I love that it miss it merges different eras. So the front very much classic Z car, um, and the 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 two forty Z and the yeah two forty Z. And at the back, it's far more modern with the sort of black right across the back and the rear light, the the tail lights that sort of remind me of the the three hundred ZX and mm -hmm. stuff, which I. Which of all the Z cars is, is kind of the forgotten one and pretty much my favourite, but very much from the side again. Uh, Classic two forty Z. Yeah, I, I like. Uh, I prefer from the A pillar backwards. I think that's much better resolved, and it's like they felt obliged to do the front how they did. I just don't think the front works as well. You know, it's all in the in the eye of the beholder and all that sort of thing. So, mm. and we're not going to get it, so it doesn't matter what I think really. I don't think nope. Nissan are going to be. You know, crying, weeping into their pillows at night when I've said that. Don't really think this and give much of a toss about what you think, to be no. honest. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really cool. Thank you, lots. Good. <laughs> that was real good for you, wasn't it? Second car in your new car news is definitely available in the UK. It doesn't have 400 horsepower, and it is the the new Kia Soul EV Max. So the Soul has had a small update 
to the model range. This is the new range topper. Um, it replaces what was previously the first edition. And it's, it's a key assault. So it is, it is very much that kind of square, funky. I, I, I don't know how to describe it really. I, I don't, I want to say it's a sort of anti-stylish uh, look to it, but that's, that's not, that's not hugely fair. Uh, but it is, it is unashamedly rectilinear. Yeah. Uh, I think is a pretty yeah. good way of putting it. 64 kilowatt hour battery, 280 miles of range. All the toys, 17 inch alloys, black leather. LED headlamps, heated seats, etc., etc., etc. Yours for £32,445 after the plug-in car grant has been taken off. So that's pretty good. Yeah. You can order it now. Delivery is due in the autumn. Semiconductors permitting to an extent, I imagine. That's cracking. That's, that's going to be a great electric car, great family hauler, and uh, and all the toys. Yeah, I, I think the the freshening up of the looks it's it is only tweaks but i think they've done a great job with, with the front end they've it's the, it is, it's the same it is the most de- and it's the mm. same you know it is if you know what a soul looks like it's definitely a soul nothing else looks like mm. that on the road at the moment uh, yeah. and i think they're all the better for it and if the if the evs nearly as good as the internal combustion engine variety was then it'd be great fun to live with as well and everything i've read and seen says yes it is yeah 280 miles and something that big brilliant lunchtime read this week uh heads to my home turf yes uh unfortunately just the way that the articles fell otherwise you should have been (laughs) introduced it's okay because i'm gonna i'm gonna commandeer this one anyway but i'll let you get started okay well i'm going to mispronounce stuff anyway so this is a dawn patrol from from haggerty uh could you do you want me to just do it yeah please just save everyone the pain Sorry, it, it, I, I don't care about everyone else. I care about saving me the pain. Okay. So Alistair Sutty wrote one of the Dawn Patrols for one of the most recent Dawn Patrols for, for Haggerty uh, here in the UK. And he's talking about taking his R53 Mini Cooper S around some of Sir Jackie Stewart's uh, favourite roads. They are absolute crackers. So, so Alistair's talking about taking in Braco, Comrie Moor and Creef in Perthshire and some of the A82 whatever uh, roads around about there. I'm going to be honest, I don't normally do Comrie Moor part of that, but uh, for me, for a long time, the drive home involved the, the first part of this, leaving the A9 at Braco, heading to Creef. Uh, and then instead of hanging a left to Comrie, I'd keep on going up, uh, following the eight two. I should have looked this up with the exact numbers. Uh, following the eight two two out towards Nankeld and through the small glen and stuff. And that's the road that I took the GRMN when I first collected it from the dealership in Perth. I headed out that way because I had some time, uh, and and I hit most of the roads that are being talked about here and it's an absolute cracker so if you are in that sort of southern part of persia coming up from sterling or something and you are and you're in that area between sterling and perth then definitely these are these are cracking roads really good and perfect for early morning perfect for for sort of later evening drives when the weather's good Mm. just be careful when it's chilly that's all I'm going to say. And Alistair must have had a, a fab time in that Mini as well, because I bet that was absolutely cracking. Great car for those roads. Yeah. Small, powerful hatchback is is perfect for, for, for those roads. Uh, he had minus one and a half degrees, by the way. So at that point, I would be being a little bit on the on, on the gentle side. But yeah, I'd be heading up 
heading up to Brickle Creef, heading towards Dunkel, hanging the left towards Aberfeldy uh, once you're after Amory, uh, and enjoying that road. Mm-hmm. Great stuff, brilliant roads, lovely photography in the story. Do please have a little bit of a read. Alistair goes into far more detail than I've just done. Uh, and if you want to know more, then Sir Jackie Stewart's memoirs, which don't come wrapped in tartan, unlike Sir Jackie Stewart, <laughs> are, are absolutely it's an it's absolutely brilliant reading. Do look it up. And this is about this time with with Richard Parry Jones, uh, working with him at Ford, and they used to start out from Glen Eagles and hit all these roads first thing in the morning, and then spend the rest of the day explaining it to the the, the chassis engineers at Ford, and, and that's how we got great handling cars like the Focus and the Fiestas and, and the Mondeo. Uh, it's all thanks to these roads uh, that Alistair talks about here. Mm-hmm. Right, you've got the list of the week. I do. I, list of the week this week is from Autocar, and it is the most underrated. I've now lost it because I've got it at my selection from the list. It's a nice long list. Uh, it's the most underrated cars ever made from Autocar. Um not all of them were underrated when they were new, but they did tend to be kind of forgotten relatively quickly uh, and just just sort of disappear rather quietly, which I think is a bit of a shame. There are many, many, many on the list, Andrew. So what have you got? Um, well, I, I just want to make it clear that I fundamentally disagree with one of the choices in this list, having owned one. But Having owned one. So it's not the Fiat 500... L is it? Uh, L well, no, I think that's wrong. <laughs> but yes, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, but my my choice uh, I could have picked many many because th- this is an excellent list. It's a good one. Is the Alfa Romeo one five five Q four? Oh, that was a good choice. That was an early early choice. Yeah, it was I, early I on, was, and, was and, and on, I yeah. decided I wasn't going to change my mind, even though later on there are still some absolute crackers in there. Mm. Uh, how about you? Oh, I know which one you've not chosen. Um, I have chosen, partly because I'm in France at the minute, the Peugeot 604. Yes, I nearly swapped my decision when really? I saw that. I thought, because the picture's fabulous as well. Oh, the, the, that press picture's used so much, and it's, it's wonderful with that central Paris registration, driving out through that gate with the... the yeah. But it's it's such a cool car, and even now when you very occasionally see them on the roads over here with their sort of yellow headlamp bulbs and stuff and and they were good cars they were proper competition for mercedes at at the time you know and and this was a proper e-class or even almost s lower end of the s-class range competition which is kind of mostly forgotten Mm. at the minute mostly forgotten people who who've had them that, that i've met over here absolutely loved them and they're just so so pretty. Yeah, yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. They are. But there are lots and lots for you to go through and click on after you click on the link in the show notes and and select because it is it is a wonderful list. Some of them you'll tut at and go, of course, and others you'll be reminded of. Mm. Lots of good ones in there. I could I could chat about this list for a good little while, to be honest. <laughs> Still wouldn't hit them all. <laughs> yeah, I, I, but I still want to. But people should go go and have a look at it. Have a good old click through. Yeah, absolutely. Right, so I'm going to take us to the end finally. It's a cracker. This is what and finally was made for. This one. Yeah, uh, this is <laughs> this is the news that a gentleman decided to take a Ford Mustang Mach E for a little bit of a drive, 
90 years after first learning to drive in a Model T. <laughs> He's 101, drives every day, and is living in... I mean, they make a point of independent living, Harold Baggett, <laughs> which is just a cracking effort, obviously. Uh, he was a, um, a a bus company owner. Was it an owner, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. yes. yes. And uh, he was born in 1920 and started getting behind the wheel at the age of 10, but then went on to buy his, uh, get his first license in 36, got a couple of cars and has run 20 Fords as, as a family privately, because this is a Ford uh, article, funnily enough. Uh, <laughs> because what I really like, and I'm going to just quote a little bit here from that he says in the end. He said, since the age of 10, I've retained my interest in motoring and today find myself interested in the switch to electrification following the government phasing out the traditional combustion engine I'm used to, engines I'm used to. Now, isn't that a refreshing approach to... Clearly not a motoring journey. <laughs> yes, 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 it is. I particularly think it, lately, I think it really is. Some of the the harping on on social media has got quite tedious. Uh, but no, I think that no, I think this 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 is correct, and I, I I just love it. I'm working that out, by the way. So 1936 was the first year, according to this press release, that driving licenses were introduced. That would mean that he hadn't, he didn't even have to pass a test. That's quite something. Well, uh, you know, congratulations, Mister Mister Baggett, and brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So delighted, and taking his grandkids along as well. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, uh, who are called Felix and Charlie, by the way, just in case anybody anybody's interested. <laughs> That's us for this week. It has been particularly, uh, other than the sort of big announcements out of out of Silicon Valley, which everybody has reported on so there's no point in us covering that again uh, it's been an incredibly incredibly late week uh, it's the middle of august in europe of course and that means that it was handover time between the half of the pr department who was on <laughs> holiday in the first half and the pr department who were on holiday in the second half uh, we expect uh, maybe not next week but the week after there to be a bit of an upturn and there's rush a, a rush of announcements uh, well it's heading towards it's heading show. towards definitely not Frankfurt yes. Munich Motor Show. So so we can expect lots of, I think there'll be quite a lot of stuff coming from the German brands uh, all about that for for starters. Uh, we're already starting to see that, um, you know, uh, new new car news we could have, instead of the Kia, we could have had its stable mate, the Genesis uh, EV, but there's, there's not a huge amount out about that just yet. And I'm sure that there'll be much more when it comes to, when it comes to Munich. Mm-hmm. So yeah, lots. There'll be no more news uh, next week, week after. Uh, but for the time being, when we're sort of uh, uh, away and, and stuff, and then it works. It's worked out quite nicely. Parish notes this week, not much new. No, don't forget usual special editions. Uh, lots of B segment hatchback stuff. Uh, do go have a listen, please. Uh, you can join uh, the uh, and. Bef- B segment hatchbacks aren't your thing. Then there's the Lexus uh, LC 500H uh, review as well, relatively recently. Fantastically popular in um, Saudi Arabia. Yes, still, <laughs> still, still, which is which is great. Fantastic. Yes, stuff. thanks for listening. <laughs> But that's it for the week. Don't forget, folks, to now and next week, you can give us any feedback. Share your thoughts to the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. 
please don't forget about our Patreon offer or even our Audible offer. Available at motoringpodcast.com slash support along with all the other ways that you can support us. Uh, if you can, leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is to search via Twitter. If you if you search for Crack Windscreen, you'll find me there. And Alan, if people would like to get in touch with you and say, actually, there was nothing wrong with your audio, what's the best way for them to do that personally? Uh, results, you can be my favourite people ever. And you can do that by Twitter, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. As I've said, we'll be back soon. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.